just want to thank everyone out there who's showed their support towards the podcast. It's been absolutely amazing. And if you've got any mates out there who've uh, got a few proper true yarns and uh, or someone who you know who's a mad dog who might want to come on and spin a few to us, uh, send it through. And uh, if you do one favour for me that would be absolutely incredible, click on the proper true yarn podcast, go to your settings of that and uh, hit auto download because we all know how uh, terrible the phone service in Australia is and I hate the old episode be cut short due to um, terrible phone service. So if you get that auto downloaded, um, we'll be all good to go and there'll be no interruptions. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Did that really fucking happen? This ripper bloke called Knuckles, some call him the big knuck, spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say, holy fuck, the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm, crack a cold one with Knuckles and tell us a proper true yarn. G'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast. My name is Knuckles. This is the show in which we extract the wildest and loosest yarns and stories from a few mad critters around the planet. The OG proper true yarn man himself, me old boy uh, TJ Hanley. Here he is. We got him in the studio. Launch into another one. I got a couple of Irish yarns for you, and uh, Hanley's body come out from Galway in about 1835, 1840. Fair bit of Irish history in my family, and uh, this is one about these buddy. This Irishman walks in the bar in Dublin, and he says. Um, can I have a whiskey, please? And the barman said, yep. He said, give me a whiskey. So he's a bit, bit loaded. He said, I'll have another whiskey, please. He has another whiskey. And this other Irishman walks in. He said, g'day. He said, uh, he said where are you from? Oh, he said, I'm from Dublin. And the Irishman said, Dublin? He said, Dublin, so am I. He said, so am I. He said, we'll have, a, have a, another whiskey. So I had a whiskey and he said, what, uh, what suburb of Dublin do you come from? He said, I come from Shamrock Street. He said, Shamrock Street? He said, so do I. He said, I come from Shamrock Street. We'll have another whiskey, see. So they're talking again. He said, um, he said, what street? He said, what street? He said, do you come from? He said, in Dublin. He said, I come from Kildare Street. He said, Kildare Street. He said, so do I. He said, so we'll have another whiskey. Another whiskey, see. And he said, what, uh, what number? He said. You live in Kildare Street. He said, number 33, 33, 33. He said, so do I. He said, so do I. He said, we'll have another whiskey. Just this time, the other Irishman walks in the bar and he said, uh, any news, anything happening around here? He said, ah, oh, he said, the bloody Murphy twins are drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> We got a few Irishmen. There's bloody three Irishmen. They're talking, see, and uh, they think their old girls have been playing up on them. And the first one said, "I think, I think, my old girl is being playing up with a carpenter." He said, "A carpenter? How do you know that?" He said, "Well, I come home from work the other day. He said I found a hammer." And some nails and a saw under me bed. I think she's playing up with a carpenter. Second Irishman said, I think, I think my old girl is playing with a plumber. With a plumber? How's that? He said, I come on from work the other day. He said, he said, I found a pipe wrench and some pipe fittings and a soldering iron under me bed. 
I think she's playing up with a plumber. And the third husband said, well, I think, I think my old girl's playing up with a horse. They said, fucking horse? A fucking horse? How can she be playing up with a fucking horse? He said, well, I come home from work the other day. He said, I found a fucking jockey under me bed. <laughs> Proper tree, yeah. Proper tree, yeah. Proper tree. Just like up in central Queensland, Pat and Mick are getting a job, trying to get a job in a coal mine, underground coal mine, see? So Pat goes in first. He gets in there and the, the, the employer said, uh, Paddy said, um, if you had any experience mining coal in an underground coal mine, he said, no, I haven't. He said, said no, I haven't. He said, but I, I work hard. He said, I'll certainly do my best. He said, I'm sure I can mine coal underground. Oh, he said, Pat, sorry, mate. He said, you've got to have a lot of experience, just about lifetime experience underground, he said, before we give you a job. Okay, he said, right, oh, he said. Way he went. Come out and Mick said, how'd you go? How'd you go? He said, oh, he said, you've got to have a lifetime experience. You've got to be very experienced to, to, to get the job. He's very experienced. So old Mick goes in, see, and he said, well, Mick, he said, you had any experience mining coal, he said, in underground. He said, all of me fucking life, all of me fucking life. He said, deep down in the bowels of the earth, he said, mining coal, he said. I oh, said, deep down, how far down of your mind, the deepest mine? He said, he said, two miles. He said, I've been two miles down. He said, well, two miles, two miles down. He said, what sort of lighting did they use two miles down? He said, I don't rightly know. He said, I only worked on day shift. Just <laughs> 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 like this Irishman, he's, he's talking to his followers. He said, um, he said, what's the quickest way? To Dublin, he said, what are you doing? Are you riding or are you driving? He said, I'm driving. He said, well, that's the quickest way. (laughs) 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 I might give you a couple of police yarns. Yeah, yeah. I met it talking about Dublin. I met a Sheila at, what's it called, on the weekend and she was Irish and I said, where are you from? I said, I reckon you're from Dublin. And she said, how do you know I'm from Dublin? I said, because when I look at you, I said, my penis be Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pretty tidy bird. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. This is a bit of a police story. I think this happened out from Idavale, really. They had a, had a bit of a system going with the coppers where they used to go out and have to do with a radar gun and catch these poor buggers speeding out in the back country all around Queensland. A bit of a thing, see, so it was just about Christmas time. It was hot as hell, bloody dust and flies, and this bloody cop was sitting out there for four hours on this Adavale Blackwall Road, not a car in sight. All of a sudden he sees this big cloud of red dust coming down the road. Anyway, he pulls this bloody grazer up. He's got a brand-new V8 Toyota wagon, and he's had her whistling. Doing about 140 kilometres an hour. And this copper pulls up. He said, Well, he said, I've been waiting here with the dust and the heat and the flies for four hours for someone to come along. And this old grazer said, Well, young follower, he said, I got here as quick as I could. He said, 
What about that um, proper true yarn on, on Black Friday, TJ? I don't know if you got that. You know, it all went to shit for you. Oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> that is, that was Friday the 13th. Let, let everyone know that proper, that's a pretty, right, pretty this, fucking this crazy is a yarn. proper true yarn and this is bloody how things could bloody happen. This is about 2000. I, um, I was sent, I was sent out, I was in charge of the stock squad at Charville and I was sent to Quilpie to take charge of the Quilpie police station, put a uniform on. Well, I hadn't had a uniform on for bloody nearly 30 years. So I got the uniform on and heading to, heading from Charville to Quilpie. Anyway, I had to borrow, I borrowed the Adavale car and I didn't, didn't have my own vehicle. And uh, had a bad day. Me, some of me bloody police exhibits got out of the paddock and I got them back in. I was running late. It was just before dark. I've got this bloody Adavale car. As lights are shining up there looking at bloody possums. Couldn't sort of see the road, you know. So I got to a little a little place called the Fox Trap at Caladi between Charleville and uh, Quilpie. So I pulled up there to try and get some tools to try and put these bloody lights down. So when I pull up there, I had uh, I had my keys, my standard keys in my pocket and uh, on my seat I had my gun and a few other things, my pistol, and I touched my pocket and I shut the door, the front door of the Toyota troop carrier, and I locked it, realising that that wasn't my keys, the keys were still in the, in the ignition. So here I am, miles from nowhere, but he keys locked in the car. God. So anyway, at the time there was a bloody there was a beekeeper there, and uh, and, and it was Friday the thirteenth, and there was a black cat walking around. This bloody mongrel black cat. <laughs> the Friday thirteenth black cat. So anyway, a beekeeper come along and he was there and he was trying to help me, and he's got this bloody lump of rod. Me trying to feed it through to hook these things out. And he smashed the back window of the troop carrier, just smashed it, and still a mess there. We still couldn't get through there, through the mesh, into the bloody keys. Anyway, this truck driver said, bugger you, he said. He said, Black Friday, he said, black, uh, black cat walking around, copper with his keys locked in the car, he said, smash window on the police car, he said, I'm out of here. And he had a semi-trial. He was carting naphtha, naphtha, which is more deadly than unleaded fuel, carrying naphtha from Aramango. I think he was going to Sydney with it on a, a semi-trailer and a big tanker behind, two tankers behind. And he's parked just on the other side of the highway. Anyway, we're there and he drives out and as he drives out from the driveway out onto the road, onto the bitumen, his turntable twisted and dropped the back trailer and a whole tanker full of this naphtha, which is the most explosive substance, hit the ground and it's squirting out the side. And like the most explosive thing, you sneeze and you blow bloody half Queensland off the map. So holy Christ, what a show. So this beekeeper says, bloody hell, mate. So it's running down the table drain I've said to everyone, get back to, don't, buddy, get back and turn. We don't need flames or anything. Get away a hell of a way. 
beekeeper and I have got these big lumps of beeswax trying to stop this bloody stuff from squirting out. So anyway, eventually, buddy, um, we sort of got it half blocked up because it's an emergent situation. We had to call the inspector in, in uh, Charleville. He, uh, he declared an emergent situation that blocked the whole road because just a, one little spark would have blown us off the face of the earth. Unbelievable. So I hadn't been in uniform for about, buddy, 28 years or something. And I said, bugger this uniform business, I, I, I don't like this too much. It didn't take me long to get an emergency situation going there. And I was bloody shitting myself. I thought I was about to leave the earth like a bloody, bloody you know, bloody rocket. But anyway, that was... That, yeah. that. Right, TJ. We've, we've gone for a piss break. We've had a beer. We're back. We're uh, reloaded the socks and uh, tell us a proper true yarn. Oh, mate, I think I'll have to go into a buddy, bit of an Italian yarn, bit of Italian yarn about this lady. She walked into this greengrocer store, Italian greengrocer store, and she said, um, can I have two-pound tomatoes, please? And uh, the Italian greengrocer said, look, a lady said, no tomato today, plenty of tomato tomorrow. Yeah, she went. Two hours later, she begged, can I have two-pound tomatoes, please? He said, look, a lady, I've seen you here before. He said, today, tomorrow, tomato, tomorrow, plenty big, juicy, red, ripe tomato, tomorrow. Why, she went again. Two hours later, she's back again. She said, can I have two pounds of tomatoes, please? He said, look, a lady, you're making me very mad. I tell you before, today, no tomato, tomorrow, plenty big, juicy, red, fat tomato, tomorrow. Okay. Away she went, come back again. She said, can I have two pound tomatoes, please? She said, look a lady, look a lady. I ask you the questions. You take the pump out of the pumpkin. And what do you got? He said, she said, pump out of pumpkin. I've got kin. That's right, lady, you got a kin. You're taking the beet out of the beetroot. And what have you got? She said, beet out of beetroot. Got root. That's right, lady, you got a root. He said, you take the fuck out of the tomato. And what do you got? He said, fuck out of the tomato. There's no fucking tomato. That's right, lady, there's no fucking tomato. You like that one? Fucking proper tree. That was up in Ingham, I think. That was in Ingham. That was up in Zach's country. One of them palmuses up there. Proper tree, yarn. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I was talking about Irishmen before and and um, Irish, a lot of old Irish police in, in Queensland's history, a lot of probably Australian history. And um, and the old Irishman sort of had a bit of a bit of a reputation, being sort of half sort of half dumb, and always Irish stories, but they weren't obviously. But uh, in if you go to Longreach in Western Queensland, all the streets names are birds' names, all named after birds, a sparrow, and all the different names. Eagle Street, it's Main Street, all bird names. The whole of Longreach, see. So this old sergeant, he's on night patrol, he's walking around, he finds this drunk and he's in, he's in buddy, Cassowary Street, see? And it's up near this intersection of 
cassowary and emu street. So he said, Dan Kelly found drunk in, Jesus Christ, I can't spell cassowary. So he gets Dan Kelly, drags him around the corner. <laughs> Found drunk in Emu Street. He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't smell. He couldn't smell cassowary. Oh, we'll go back to Buddy. <clears throat> this is a Buddy yarn. I used to tell this as an icebreaker when I used to run a course down in uh, Milmarin years ago there, and uh, I used to. Involved in the training of stock squad people throughout Australia from New South Wales, primarily Victoria, South Australia, some, even some from Western Australia. And you always tell them a bit of a joke, just a bit of an icebreaker. You think you're not such a mongrel old lecturer after all. But so I'd say now, this is a stock investigation question. If you get this wrong, you don't pass the course because they go, ooh, is that right? Hey, don't pass the course. I said, okay, you said, you're riding through a paddock, you're walking through a paddock, you could be riding, you see some manure on the ground, a strange paddock, you're doing a stock investigation there and there's some manure on the ground and it's hard enough to pick up and you look at it. How can you tell whether it's cow manure or bull manure? And they all look at me real concentrated. I said, okay, what you do, I said, you get old, but I said, it's firm enough to hang on to. I said, you throw it in the air as high as you can throw it. And if it stays up there, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the students say, is that right, eh? <laughs> oh, me, I've got a long way to go with this more. <laughs> Fair bit of training, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> Fair bit of training. They say, is that right, eh? Is that right? <laughs> 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 uh, talking about bullshit. There's a bloke and his missus going along, see it, Beef Week. Old bloody Knuckles is there selling his bloody great caps at Beef Week three years ago. And... Uh, and they go along round the different breeds of cattle, see, and anyway, this old fella and they just give them across the buddy Angus cattle and this fella's giving them a talk. So these Angus bulls, they're good bulls, you know, they can service buddy, you know, eighty cows a year, no problem at all, you know. And a bit on further, get the Charolais cattle, they can oh, these are good bulls, you know, they can service, you know, hundred cows a year, you know, and bloody great and old mums listen to all this and a bit further. So Brahmins, see and Oh, these Brahm, big Brahm bulls, they can service 150 cows a year, see? Old mum turns to the off. I said, God, she said, just shows. She said, you're flat out doing, doing 10 a year, she said, the old bastard, you know. Here's these bulls doing all this. He said, there's only one difference, mum. I've got the same old cow every night, he said. <laughs> They've got different ones. <laughs> I think he's staggered away after he'd been belted around the ears of heaven. The old same old cow every night. He said, that's why I do ten a year. Oh, while we're on buddy bull, bull stuff, he was a bit of bullshit going around. <laughs> this young fella, he, <clears throat> he, he's at the house there. His dad's gone away, see, and he says... Um, the old neighbour comes over and he says, is your, is your father there? And he said, no, he's not. He said, well, I've got to see him. He said, about, about your brother George. He's got my daughter pregnant. 
And the young fella says, well, is that right, eh? George has got your daughter pregnant. What are you going to do about it? Young fella says, well, Dad's not here, but but I can tell you, he usually charges $50 service fee for Barney, but he said, I don't know what he charges for George. For the ball, for the ball, $50. I don't know what he charged for, George. Just remember, guys, call out, it's my shout, and keep left and less fucking overtaken. Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.